Greetings, gentle beings, and welcome to Rip EU, the Star Wars Expanded Universe podcast that is true from a certain point of view. I am your co host, Ben Camo. And I am James Murphy. And we're back from hiatus. How many months now? It's been many months. It's been many, many moons. Well, a lot of things have happened. I mean, I, um, you know, I got married. You were there. I was there. That was cool. I was in the same room. Um, and you might think I'm joking, but at my wedding, someone quoted the Star Wars Christmas special. That was weird. <laughs> I think it, I think it got past me at least. Uh, well, the best part of the best part about that was that I was listening to it and I was like, "Boy, that's really familiar." <laughs> and then I, but I was like, but I was like getting married, so I was like, "All right, well, I'm just gonna have to think about that at another time." And then afterwards, I was like, "Oh my god." You trolled me with with uh, Star Wars Christmas special, <laughs> right under your own nose, <laughs> right in front of all my friends and family and everyone I cared about. Um, uh, but we are back. We are finally back, and we've got uh, we've got a lot to talk about. We were hoping to record before this, but um, you know, life, laziness, loves, pursuit of laziness. So so now we're so now, now we're back. Yeah. So instead of doing a Rogue One hopes and expectations episode it's a rogue one retrospective uh, retrospective <laughs> um although we would be remiss without mentioning um carrie fisher who unfortunately passed away not mm-hmm. very long ago um it's really uh it's it's very poignant for me i remember when we first started doing this podcast uh we kind of came i came over to your place and we were we were kind of brainstorming ideas i think we might have done like a really quick uh pre-bekura you know chat mm-hmm. and uh yeah i borrowed uh from your now wife uh, i borrowed wishful drinking from her and oh, read right. it in like a day and a half and it was just so 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 on the nose for what we were doing at that point but so poignant now and like it's tough i mean she she was such a great part of of i don't know watching star wars come back and her just give no shit attitude yeah, yeah, she, yeah was, totally. she was just she's such a different person than I don't know. I think her than the Mark, rest of them. Than the rest of them, like her yeah. and Mark Hamill are, are, are of a piece. I think Mark Hamill's much more, uh, <laughs> oh, giving. I guess, and she is. She is just so wonderfully. He didn't embraces care. it. Yeah, like Mark she embraces really, it, and she. It, but she has a wonderful sense yeah. of irony about it, and yeah. she's so smart about it. That she's always had so, a big middle finger up yeah. at, at everything that's been Star Wars, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I feel like that she's. I mean, I, I understand that Carrie Fisher. I mean, with all with all due respect, was something of a B-list celebrity for a long time mm-hmm. after Star Wars, but really it was probably one of the most successful stars from the original trilogy. I mean, like right. Harrison Ford obviously had all the roles and, and, and did like, you know, and did the other movies and but stuff. But also like gave up in the eighties. Yeah, totally. He's right? been phoning it in since he was like 30. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just looks like a weird old piece of uh, meat, leftover meat in your refrigerator <laughs> yeah. and, uh, the Force Awakens, no, but I think, but like Carrie Fisher always was was very um, was very outspoken, was very funny, and was always very witty. I mean, mm. she was like doctoring up scripts and stuff. She oh, was yeah. sought after yeah. script doctor. I mean, there's uh, I don't know yet. There's just a lot to admire from her. Yeah. And it, you know what's funny about it is like I don't think I haven't really like I'm the kind of person that would be like, well, look at all these uh, Johnny Come Latelys on the Carrie Fisher bandwagon. But really, I don't think I realized how much. Um, I appreciated her until she was gone. Right. And she's one of those people, I think, you know, we had we had a lot of people die. I mean, a lot of famous people die, which always happens. But Going down in droves. It, it, feels, like, it feels very tough this year, I think, just because of the year we've had politically and socially. And, you know, uh, so, you know, George Michael passed away Christmas Day. Um, 
and the stories come out about him being such a, like a generous, such a very giving person, um, very kind-hearted. And same thing I think with Carrie Fisher, very outspoken, very outspoken for mental illness issues, about women's issues, yeah. sexism in Hollywood, um, and just transcended a, a really what could have been a really throwaway role that maybe would have you know dead ended her career if she was any a lesser person. So. I think it's in in a way it's it's sad we lost her, but it's good because her legacy is going to live on in a really a really touching, really, positive way. So, yeah. and, you know, and let's not forget, she had that awesome role in Blues Brothers. So many people have forgotten about that. I think more people are, are like retweeting the pic, the fake picture of her in Blade Runner than they are actually retweeting that, that picture of her in Blues Brothers. So, you know, if there's nothing else, go see Blues Brothers and. Uh, well, so I mean, I don't know. Yeah, as cliche as it sounds, rest in peace. I'm very sad about the about the passing, but um, uh, but fortunately, our podcast gets to uh to talk about uh some really exciting news. We saw Rogue One. I saw it twice. I've only seen it once, which I think is good for the podcast because I'm flying on a high right now. Yeah, unlike unlike uh, when we talked about the Force Awakens, we you haven't had a. There hasn't been a sober moment of, of uh, reckoning for you, where you where you're suddenly like, Not I don't know all. if I like this anymore. Nope. You're still really high on it. I am, as always, very lukewarm on it. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. We'll just compare our text messages to each other immediately sure. following seeing him. your uh, your first text message to uh, to me after seeing it was I'm just gonna pull it up very quickly here. Minutes, literally minutes after I finished seeing it for the first time. Um, was here we go. This is good podcasting. Watching, scrolling through my uh, scrolling through my messages. You, you and I text each other a lot about Star Wars, so it kind of. I think it was something like, uh, "Spoilers, it's real bad." Uh, actually, what I believe you said was, "Spoilers, it's garbage." <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> um, and then my my text. <laughs> oh yeah, here it is. Um, your text to me was, uh, um, uh, it's not good. And I wrote, that's my guy. And you wrote, it's aggressively bad. It's garbage. (laughs) And I wrote to you, I wrote, James Murphy, that was the best Star Wars movie ever made, period. Thank you. And good night. (laughs) So that's it. That's the podcast, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Basically sums us up. Um, so it was that, that, it was awesome. That first time, I don't know what it is with me and the like. I'm usually pr- a pretty good. I, I first time watch. I'm usually pretty okay. When it comes to Star Wars, I have no. Even at 30 years old, I have no way to like objectively watch a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we've all it just for pure. Ourselves. It's pure id. Whatever it is in me <laughs> as a child that wants to watch Star Wars it just comes out, and I have a very immediate visceral reaction to it which is maybe not the best thing in the world but i did not like it that first watch i just thought it was choppy. yeah what did what didn't you like about so it so i think i think what really threw me off and it still threw me off the second time i watched it uh, a week later <clears throat> but the beginning was very i felt very choppy well, the um, beginning's not great it doesn't set the characters up really well and i i, I felt very disoriented really because yeah. it keeps we're on like five planets in two in minutes. two or three seconds yeah. and jin erso gets in- introduced two or three times um which is very disorienting i wanted them just to lock one thing down and stick with it for a few minutes like they show her in the in the cell well you get her as a child and then you immediately yeah you you get the whole thing and then you flip to they show her in the cell and then they flip it right over to someone else and they flip back to her and i'm like you probably we probably could have just 
started with her. Just stuck with her for yeah. five minutes. For like two seconds. Um, I it's, I totally know what you're talking about in the beginning. It's not. Because like, yeah, because at first, because obviously unlike other Star Wars movies, you got a little descriptor in the corner. It's like, you're on this planet. Mm-hmm. And the first time that happened, I can't remember what planet they're on. Um, but, you know, pops up in a little corner like, hey, we're here. And I was like, oh, wow, Star Wars doesn't do that. And I thought, well, that'll probably be a lot better. And then almost right away, I was like, I regret this. Because <laughs> they're like, they're like on a on like an asteroid space station. We're on this planet. We're on this planet. We're back to the asteroid space station on this planet. Right. And as a result of that, it's it's a result of, of of flipping back and forth between all these different planets. Whereas in regular Star Wars movies, they just say the name of the planet at some point, and you're like, oh, yeah. I, I guess someone's like, thank God we landed here on Edu. Yeah, like in Phantom Menace, was that that was like that five minute scene where Obi Wan's like, what planet should we land on? And then just like <laughs> Tatooine. <laughs> and then like you know everyone looks at the camera and you're like i see where this is going so i don't know it was Controlled it was just really choppy it really it was really disorienting i don't know i i thought um i know this is a troubled production so that started setting up red flags for me that like oh man this has been really messed with by the studio and this is how the whole movie is gonna be um and it does eventually even out pretty well i i thought their their reasoning for pulling Jin into the whole thing was uh, well, the whole thing, um, I mean, if I'm being honest, the whole thing, and I've got a larger critique about this, about the uh, about the whole battle at the end, was very, um, uh, I don't know the word, I don't know what you'd call it, but like, it's very RPG, it's very role-playing game. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, like, we need you to talk to this guy so that he could talk to this guy so that he could talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, which is kind of what happened, I mean, at the ends, that was the, o- that. That was, I think, the only moment where I really got taken out of it for a second was not to do the end before we do the beginning, but this is Rippy You, so <laughs> that's, what, that's what we do. Um, but uh, that was the only thing that really took me out of it was at the end where, he's, <laughs> where it's like, we need to get this cable into this socket so that you can pull this switch so that we can send this message for them to take the shield down so that we can send another message that we can send the plans that are on a CD that we have to get and go up the thing to put into the... Ri- and I was like, you know, you skip the part where you have to like fight the dragon and jump the moat. And like, yeah, you have to find a key. Like, but the key's inside. Like, like at one point yeah. where he's like, we're going to have to drop the shield so that we can, send the gen- we can send the signal so that they know to receive the signal that we're sending. And I, I looked over at my wife and was like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like, just fucking tell, you know, we have to send the signal. Hmm. Just stop. Just, yeah. hmm. just stop. <laughs> oh, but anyways, I, I interrupted you and went tell her and totally different. That's. Well, but you're right. It was very. Her, her this, reason is, for being in it is like, why? Yeah, but this are you is like here? symptomatic of things in this movie that I didn't quite. Yeah. Like, they make, they kind of make sense when you're in the moment, but as soon as you walk away, they totally dissolve because it's like, oh, we need you because your dad helped build the Death Star. It's like, well, who, why? It was a lot like, of other guys, too. Yeah, if, if, if he's, he's one of the main architects, but this bugs me, too, because not only did he not design the Death Star, um, it's already almost built at the end of episode three. So what the <laughs> fuck was he doing? He was a super laser guy, I infer, because he's got that cool patch that looks like the super laser. Did you notice that? The patch kind of looks like the super laser. Oh, is that is that it? That's the only thing they brought him on to do is build the laser part? I don't know. That, I don't... Then why else would you build a space station that big? <laughs> well, they needed to work on the they needed to work on it. It it's because it's cause Anakin killed all those dudes. This is like penance. He killed all the dudes <laughs> who were building it, and then they got to the laser part and they were like 
do you uh, do you know? He's like, oh, I killed, I killed, I killed all. You wanted me to kill all of them, right? <laughs> and then they're like, well, we didn't, we didn't finish. Find some, just find anyone. <laughs> um, but if, but then if he's just a laser guy, then how did he build? Then how did he build the weakness into the the rest, the structural weakness into the rest of the Death Star? Um, I have to say, I I agree that that's insane. Um, and also, you make a really good point, which is that the Death Star is already practically built at the end of three. So, at what time was he was he like, you know, what we really need is a vent right here. We should rip up this all, is all the decks. <laughs> all, you know what I mean? Like, like we just need to like, undo it. Yeah, exactly. Like some poor Imperial officer's got like a, a vent going right through the middle of his floor, and he's like, "Why the fuck is this here? Why does this have to be here?" Unions. Um... <laughs> This is exa- but this is exactly we, we, you, you said this yourself. This is exactly why you love this. This is the most EU products they possibly could have made. It's it, so good. It makes everything touch, and it and by in doing that, it sacrifices so much logic and creates <laughs> so many other logistical problems down the road that they're gonna have to patch over somehow. Oh, like, there's mean- gonna be a movie called like Rogue Zero where they have to explain like why uh, Galen Erso has to be the one to build. Like it was already done. Like what happened? Like did they crash it? Did someone blow it up? Like yeah. did someone spill a coke? We're gonna like, have what- to yeah. We're gonna have to rewrite the story of Doctor Evazan and Panda Baba. How did they get off Jetta before they blew it up so that he could get to Mos Eisley so he could get his arm cut off? They're gonna do like Marvel is gonna have. Uh, I'm sorry, Disney's gonna have the same thing Marvel does like quick one-offs where. Uh, Little little thirty minute movies they stick in the like Rogue One bonus feature um, Escape from Jetta you know and that'll be the reason you buy the Blu Ray come on Steelbook um I would watch the shit out of that and it won't matter because it'll never be brought up again here's the thing I mean this was a movie I said this to you on the way over here this was a movie made for me. I don't know if it was made maybe for you. just for you. It was like someone made this movie for me. This movie, I mean, for the um, there was so because this movie makes me look at the Force Awakens in a totally new light. It makes me like the Force Awakens way, way less because it's just it's got more like I mean because the Force Awakens um wasn't I don't feel like the Force Awakens was for me. I, I you know what I yeah. mean like I, like it wasn't it, it I'm a fan of Star Wars. Cool, cool, cool. And I like watching Star Wars, but um, The Force Awakens was to get another generation of fans to really like Star Wars, right? And and yeah. that's and that's fine. Like, I, and I watched it, and I had really low expectations because of the prequels, but was impressed and was like, okay, all right, I see what you're doing. And um, there was a lot of it was trying to appease an older generation, I thought, by trying to reprise a lot of the same, you know year a lot of the same themes from a yeah. new hope and whatever so it's cool but i didn't really feel like that movie was for me like i didn't feel a very strong connection to it like for instance i've never i haven't seen it since the theaters you know like i can rent it on tv in two seconds and i don't i have no interest you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah rogue one was made for people like people like me some depending on your mood people like you <laughs> and like definitely like it was made that was a movie that was made for my kind of fandom. And like, um, I mean, you were saying that a friend of yours had said it's basically the most expensive fan fiction ever made. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. They got me. <laughs> that's pretty maybe, accurate. Maybe this is part of their strategy though. Maybe they're doing the star Wars story stuff to capture 
the older fans uh, and they're doing the new prequel or I'm sorry, the new sequel movies uh, to get new fans. And I think may maybe that's a good strategy. The one thing I really loved about this, and there's some things we can go into the things we didn't like. The one thing I really did like was that it felt of a piece with a new hope. Um, the yeah, set design, so. the, 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 uh, the, um, the mustaches that, yeah, like everything, <laughs> like their clothing, the sets, the way they filmed the movie, yeah, it felt the sideburns. like, it, yeah, it felt very 1970s. Like they really tried to capture Gareth Edwards really tried to capture George Lucas doing star Wars in 1970. And it, 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 it and, and force awakens was very, it was a very physical movie. There wasn't a lot of CGI. There was a good amount of CGI. They had to do yeah. it for some stuff. But Rogue One really captured that feeling of like, this is all real. These are all sets. With the exception of like that last battle at the very end, that's obviously a lot of CGI. Right. And I acknowledge that, and that's fine. Um, but like the first beginning of the movie, they, when she's when she's land. in the Gavin Four base, and when she's on, when she's oh, on certainly. the carrier, like all that, even like uh, K two Esso or whatever yeah. Alan Tudyk's robot yeah. robot character is. Um, he felt very real. I know that was all CJ, but they did a good job making things feel tangible and dirty and broken, and everyone just felt depressed and sad. Like yeah. it was very 1970s, and I liked I liked that about it. Like when I watch that movie, I feel like I'm watching the Star Wars movie I would have wanted to see in 1990 when they maybe when they were doing the prequels again. Like yeah. I wish the prequels had this kind of like texture to it. So that's the stuff I liked. The stuff I didn't like, I thought the editing was really choppy. I felt like especially in the beginning, the story didn't quite it ca like. They, well, just remember, you know how it ends. <laughs> that's okay. I don't think you, I don't think I don't think knowing how a, a movie or a book or a story ends makes the story itself the the movie should should still have its own tensions, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, we know they get the plans, yeah. but who lives? Who dies? What are the stakes? What are the like? What's gonna happen? And I just felt like, oh, we're gonna we need you because you know you're. You know your own father, and it's like I don't get that. And then they have the whole like I mean, it's kind of interesting because then it brings up the oh well, Cashin has to assassinate Galen or so, and then like oh that's kind of a cool twist. And then for no reason he decides not to do it. Pretty, and this is and pretty this is, poorly handled and not moment. really handled. And this is the other big problem is that Jin and and uh, Cashin, uh, yeah, um, Captain Andor, Andor, Andor. We're um, the worst. We're really bad. I'm terrible with names. It's like we're, we're we like obsess about shitting on the on the original EU and like discussing the EU and like <laughs> and like like viscerally defend it as like our as like our thing to bully. But like we don't you know, we don't like, pay attention to the tangible like, details. You know, Captain Mustache, <laughs> Captain Andor. Sexy Spanish Mustache, um, Diego Luna's character. How how about that? Is that an easier Cash and Andor? I'm sorry. So. Like his character, and then again later has like another turn of heart, uh, where he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go with you on the suicide mission." Like both him and Jin feel like they should have like an interesting push pull relationship, where like she's apathetic and he's been in it since the beginning, and he's really sick of her. Kind of like she can get out. And it's like an interesting. I think it was really interesting because um, Felicity Jones is English, and because uh, Cash and Andor uh, Diego Luna is Spanish. There's like that kind of an interesting, uh, and this is you know, this is never gonna happen in Star Wars, but there's. <laughs> almost a social critical commentary where you know uh, Jen Erso being white can be like well I don't have to give a shit and Cash and Endor being a minority has is like literally the Empire is trying to kill me and my family I have to give a shit it's not fair that you get to just tap out whenever you want and the movie starts to go there and kind of almost has this like larger social commentary on the tip of its tongue and then totally drops it. And he has a change of heart at the very end, but we don't really know why. We don't. I don't really understand why Jin decides suddenly to be like, I don't care. And then she sees her dad die and she's like, but I still don't care, but we need to get the Death Star plans. I don't get, well, the only I don't thing, get I mean, any of that. Probably some of the worst 
dialogue in the film. Like, try and uh, can you remember anything that um, uh, that Jin's father says in that hologram? <laughs> it is a 15 minute info dump. It is so. It's the most stupid. awkward. Someone I read like, a review and someone's you, like, "You're gonna know exactly when this movie goes off the rails because there's a 15 minute info dump and it's incredibly awkward." <laughs> and he's just like, "Oh!" <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, also, I put a I put a hole in the Death Star." Yeah, it's a pretty. That scene's pretty um, pretty rough for that because because essentially, uh, uh, and I, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but you infer that that she is inspired by that moment because she because her ter- her character changes from then on you right. know but, so like he says something that sort of like right. like boosts her I up think, and then she sees him die and then she sees him die what i think would be more interesting because there's clearly a betrayal by saw at some point where he leaves her alone and we have to assume that him leaving her alone is what gets her captured at the like before this movie begins and i think cutting from him opening the thing to the Rogue One credit sequence. By the way, the worst title card I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it, it looked like they did it on a Mac in like 1979. <laughs> I mean, if it you're... was so cheap looking. But then it cuts back to her in jail, and we we miss all this stuff. Like we just miss a whole bunch. I think it would be more interesting to have them cut to maybe a like five years later before they do the Rogue One. Now you want to jump around the timeline in it's, addition well, to chopping around well, planets? Well, we're already, we're already going to, we're going to jump around anyway. Why not do something that expands the character a little bit? Like let them breathe, let her breathe for five minutes. Instead of doing that second opening where she's in like the, the carrier, where yeah. she wakes up in jail with the, with the other, other prisoner. Yeah. Why not before the Rogue One title sequence, have, like jump uh, 10 years in the future when she's 18 and she gets captured. Why not show him betray her? Cause then later in the movie, she's like, I'm not used to people sticking around. And it's like, fine. You said that. I get why maybe she doesn't trust people. Oh, it has prequel syndrome. A lot of people say the things that they are instead right. of being and we don't see them. them. <laughs> and this is one of those cases where I feel really like, wanted to see it because I feel like she gets bet- she doesn't really get betrayed by her father, but she gets left behind by her father and her mother, and then Saw betrays her. So she has trust issues. And does, I think does Saw betray her? Yeah, because they have they have a conversation. It's a really really brief. But when she first sees Saw again, she's yeah. like. Yeah, you saw. left me with a loaded blaster. <laughs> yeah, she's like you left me a loaded basically with, with like, a knife you, and our loaded, loaded blaster, blaster and like with imperial troops all around me and he's but, like well you could you took it take care of yourself and we don't know why he leaves her we don't i don't understand the motivations for either of them well i understand she feels betrayed but i don't yeah. understand like why does he leave her alone well he says he says that um the other men because uh, that's actually the only part because because Ma- mon mothma says um by the way like what a score for that lady right what's that actress's name she's great oh i'm not sure what a score for her. She has like a throwaway role in, in episode three. And they're like, you know what? You look just like this. She's great woman. though. I, re- I really liked, I mean, it's unfortunate that she is so young. Yeah. And then the, the woman who plays my mom, I forget her name, which in, in episode four is so much older. Cause it's, it's, it's like the X-Men movies where like they're young for 45 years. And then it, it just somehow in the two thousands, they're just ancient. <laughs> like if you follow the timeline, but anyway. Um, but she mentions that he's a radical. And she's like, we've had a lot of trouble with Saw again, and no proof. I don't understand. Well, but so then, uh, but so he's. Yeah. But then you meet him, and he's not. Um, he's unhinged. He's like kind of. Uh, Forrest Whitaker does a pretty, you know. He's yeah. He's he's two for two for me, and for in science fiction, he was great in Arrival, and he was great in this. He's unnecessary in this, but I loved him in this movie. Who are you? Yeah. Lies. Save, save the rebellion. So good. I loved I loved him so much. I wanted to, I wanted to have more of his character. I felt like there was so much meat on those bones. I was surprised when he died. Oh, they left a lot of meat on the bones that that I I wanted them to like. They say he's a, he's a, he's an extremist, but then they tell Cashin to shoot Galen Erso 
you, you know what I mean? Like that seems like an extremist thing to do. Galen Erso clearly they they could have they could have captured him and found there was proof that he did send plans to the Death Star to the rebels. They don't. They just assume that he's building a, a Death Star, uh, you know, a, this like death machine, and they have to assassinate him. That seems like an extremist move. I feel like political assassinations. Oh, well, you're. I mean. Okay, so, so who's on, who, who's who, who's the extremist here? I mean, Saul Garay, yeah, is he a little crazy? Is he untrust? Does he not trust people? He's paranoid. He's, he's very incredulous of people. He's very paranoid. He has that thing that can like read minds and maybe drive you insane. Oh, you but mean that fat octopus? Yeah, but is that is that worse than assassinating? Like, if we had shown Saul Garay, maybe like Saul Guerrero assassinating a political leader in Jeddah, okay. Well, you're, I mean, they, they, you're they attack the... they attack the rebel the imperial yeah. troops, but. Well, but, you're making, but you're making a good but you're making a good point uh, or you're you're making the point for like that that's the because that becomes a theme in the story i mean that's that's one of the things i like about it. the alliance is not you you're rooting for the alliance or you're meant to root for the alliance the entire time for the rebels but they're not good like that's Jin's argument she's like oh cool you're just like a stormtrooper like she's you know right from the get-go your your co you know your co lead your male lead your presumably you know the good guy mm-hmm. shoots a dude in the back it's the first thing he does he shoots a man in the back and you know what that's great I yeah, think I think it was there, awesome. I think there was but I think There's the moral could have ambiguity done, in the Rebel they could have done Alliance. more to draw that out. And well, I think, and I think it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a sense that the military wing of the alliance is very willing to do whatever is necessary, despite its moral implications. On the other hand, the political element of it is very unwilling to do anything, and they didn't. They didn't. The, the tension wasn't there. And I think the prequels had the same issue, where like, there's a political side to it, and the politicians are very willing to be very wishy-washy, and the military side is very like. And, and and Lucas had an idea that he was trying to follow. He didn't do it well. He did it very poorly, and it comes off as muddled and strange. Whereas here, it feels like they didn't really care that much. They wanted to pay lip service to the idea of the alliance. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, when I saw the when I said the runtime, and I was, I was saying to you, you know, it's like two hours, and it was like two hours and fifteen minutes long, or something like that. I was like, shit, man, that's a long Star Wars movie. I could have used fifteen more minutes, obviously. Yeah, and that could have been spread out to to settle some of those to some of those problems to settle some other things. Like I would have liked. I thought that they were going to use um, um, Chewit there was going to be more influential on um, Captain Andor. Yeah, like, you know what I mean, like to sort of t- and into Jin also because. He's obviously the wise man of the group, so like just sure. to speak some sort of philosophy kind of stuff to him and sort of flip him around. But, um, but I mean, I think that really he's, you know, it, it is a two-hour movie. You only get so much, so much time to figure out what you're, you know, you know, you don't have a ton of time to show all of Saw Gerrera. But the other thing is Saw Gerrera. This isn't for most audience members, but I mean, obviously, Saw Gerrera is from the Clone Wars. He's going to be in Rebels. Yep. He's going to obviously have his own book and right. comic and I bullshit. Mean, so you're going to know the backstory for him is going to get know, fleshed I know. out. For I just wish, I wish they had spent. They could have done a five minute scene, and it, would it have cemented his character? No. But for a guy who's in it for only maybe ten minutes, give him five more minutes. Let me see the relationship with him and Jin. Give that, give that relationship some weight to give her later. Th- her later comments to to Cashin and some of the other people also some weight what, that she feels like she's kind of been a lost what'd member you think of the rebellion. Uh, what do you think of um of uh, Saw's uh, suit and his breath thing? The Darth Vader noise. I thought that was a cool. I thought that was cool. I thought it was. It's a nice little parallel. It's a nice little foil. But yeah. Yes, 
any any system can breed extremists, and they're all of the same type. Yeah. Like everyone's gonna have their Darth Vader, and I thought it was it was actually very subtly done. I yeah, didn't think super it was too subtle. over the top. And I, I just like the fact that he's mostly machine. It was pretty cool. Much more machine than man. Like, yeah, it was yeah. a good... And it was it was neat because I thought, like, it establishes a couple of things, right? That, like, it's a life support machine for him. Yeah. Which also emphasizes... Because I think in the prequels and in the standalone movies, they're really emphasizing how the Darth Vader suit is is keeping him alive. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they, they kind of go to pains because they show him multiple times without the suit you know what i mean yeah so like they sort of so like that helps establish what a life's you know but it also foreshadows how how dubious and how sketchy saw is and you know and yeah and it also foreshadows vader's um vader's appearance later uh i thought that was really cool i was pretty surprised when he died right away i mean going with star wars's favorite thing to do which is introducing characters and immediately killing them yeah (laughs) and i didn't think his again with five more minutes and I don't understand why he just... I get it. He's like, I'm too old to make this fight. But if he's an extremist, would he really give up that easy? Like, maybe if, if he died in a uh, in firefight the, in the with stormtroopers... face of a giant... Wait, Han. <laughs> give up he, that easy in the face of, of a super laser? Could he really not run, though? Atomic explosion? No, he had metal feet. You saw him try to walk. Darth Vader is all robot. He's mostly robot. He can run. <laughs> he's like... No, I mean, he's like walking around those like those, like, chicken legs. <laughs> I'll give him that. I'll give him that. I mean, that's that's fine. I guess it would have just made more sense if I had seen a little bit more with him, and maybe him letting her go is seen as a change of heart, right? It's a kind of redemption for him because he 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 kind of seems like he's not going to let her go, and maybe he might kill her because he thinks she's yeah, there I thought to that kill part him. was awesome when he was like, he was like, "Who sent you?" Yeah, are you here to kill me? You were the they, pilot. Makes he too thinks, much sense. You know what? He thinks Although he that, gives he, up like right away. He thinks the rebellion is going to kill him, which yeah. speaks, well, again, speaks to your point that the rebellion isn't as good as they think they are. Yeah, it's awesome. But, I love that. But you know what frustrates me then is because they have that stupid argument at the end of the film where Jin is like, uh, my dad said there's a Death Star and there's a weakness, so we have to steal the plans to find the weakness. And and the, the conversation goes in circles because half of them are like, <laughs> well, there's nothing we can do. We should run and hide. And then everyone else is like, well, we can't trust this information. And everyone's like, that's a good point. We can't trust this. So let's just break up the rebellion. And it's like, what's your point? <laughs> Which one is it? Are you afraid to get crushed by the Death Star? Or do you think the Death Star is fake? And you think that you're being led into it? Like, which, which argument are you following? And they follow both at the same time. And the I first mean, time I watched it, I was like, oh my God, maybe I missed something. And I really paid attention to that scene the second time around. And I was like, no, I, I, they're just li- they must have taken two different scripts and just been like, boop, boop, boop. And just yeah, molded I mean, they, the conversations they together. Adjourn, yeah, they basically adjourn. And they're like, well, I guess we can't make a decision because we've decided to invite everyone <laughs> it's into It's a hung room. jury. And Mon Mothma's <laughs> like, I guess we die. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really funny. Like, which I, makes her the worst leader of all. <laughs> like we like we've laughed about um how the political structure of the empire is literally not feasible <laughs> not, not even the old republic it. gobbledygook yeah totally total bullshit but apparently the rebel alliance has inherited that as well because it makes no sense just been like hey everyone here get together anyone who feels like shouting out something right now yeah. could just say like at, like at one point someone say something like i believe her like from the yeah. back or something it's, you know, shut up dan yeah, exactly like i'm the janitor and i believe her <laughs> i have a vote too it's, it's above rebel, your pay grade it's a marvel alliance um <laughs> this is the, they have the same problem in seven too because there's like 
there's the actual republic and there's whatever oh well at least and the resistance the resistance is like seems really small we're that doing moment. our own thing i guess See, isn't, that, isn't that funny though because the new hope they make the rebel alliance look so small because mm-hmm. you see very few people and you yep. see very very little whatever whatever and then you get to rogue one and it's like you kind of feel like well, we're gonna flesh this out it's like bigger they had like they don't have uh, one temple. There's like fucking four temples, and there's like all these spaceships or whatever. And it looks, it like gets bigger and bigger, you know. So yeah. that now a room full of people trying to make a decision seems stupid. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't understand how cloture works in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real politic. Um, there's just a little. Th- I mean, at least the very least, the last third when they actually get to Sheriff feels very Scarif? Star. Sorry, Scarif. I, I mean Sharif. No, Scarif. They Scarif. Like a bunch of times. Scarif. Right? I know. Um, like for once, someone said a name in Star Wars. I just don't know what anything's called in this movie. Well, we didn't do any research because, again, we're the worst podcasters. I wasn't really a big fan of this movie. I don't really care. Scarif. They get to Scarif, and it feels like it's an actual Star Wars movie. And it's like a cool space battle. And they steal the Death Star plans. And you're right. There was a ridiculous, like... It's funny because the, the the alliance causes its own issue where they're like, we're not going to go. And they go and they don't tell anyone. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we're going to close the shields. And suddenly everyone on the ground is like, uh, anyone? Well, <laughs> like, how like, do you expect us to get the plans out when the shield's up? I mean, just I mean, just breaking it down. I mean, unless I miss something, they have to send a transmission to let them know that they're sending a transmission. So basically, I don't, I don't understand how this works, by the like, way. If I don't plug this in... I can't send a transmission. I don't, uh, it, so people, that they can't send a transmission. Yeah, apparently people in the Star Wars universe don't understand how how like the internet works because they can send <laughs> a transmission, right? They can send v- data to be like uh we're here. We have the plans, but they can't send the plans. It's the same data. It's the same yeah. it's the same thing. You're still sending the same kinds of information. No, they didn't roll space. over the data from last month. There's not <laughs> enough data from last month. That was the other thing, I guess. Like if the shield's up, it'll take longer to send the data, but if the shield's down, it'll be fast. So and they know they don't have a lot of time, so they need to take the shield down to make it go and, faster. And in this that was like, that's the whole point of like the, the the antenna is that like, oh it for some reason, you need a big antenna to send a lot of data in this universe. It's a very big file. Do you see how big of a CD-ROM it was? <laughs> it was a. It was. It was, it was like an old school Jin's hard ass. drive. I, mean, yeah. I like how she had a thing on her belt for that too. I didn't notice it the first time, and the second time around, it's like she literally only has a hook on her belt just for that. Hard, like she wore. Expect- she wears that belt daily. Can I just tell you? I was expecting someone to pick up a um, stormtrooper. Uh, utility belt and use the grappling hook at that moment, but they like because when they were like, We're gonna have you like K2's like climb, and I was like, Oh, they're gonna yeah. need a grappling hook, and then I was like, Oh, no grappling hook. <laughs> I was a little disappointed. I do like how, as Cash and Ender, it, the, the the further he goes into this movie, the more he looks like Han Solo to to, to the point where at the end he's just wearing Han Solo's shirt and oh, pants. Oh, he is, dude, 100% <laughs> just wearing the Han Solo shirt, and like he, he gets shot, and it's, it kind of feels like Gareth Edwards being like, He should have just died, he should have just killed him. <laughs> Um, well, so, yeah, so speaking of that whole part, which I, I, um, I didn't really understand, like, I just wish they had landed, I understand that you're supposed to feel like that they were kind of like making it up as it goes, but for a movie that could have used an extra two minutes here and one minute here on some stuff, he really could have just landed, like, the moment he's like, hey, what's that? Uh, it's a giant, um, uh, it's a giant radar dish that sends signals. Cool, that's what we'll use. 
<laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You could have cut out two like, minutes like, of them don't, yeah, like, don't, arguing don't about make, it. Don't make that a problem. Just be like, okay, the uh, Bodhi is, is going to say, okay, uh, we're going to need that dish to send this back. Because yeah, yeah. like, they should have just been like, okay, look, we're never going to get off this planet. Let's just yeah. beam the plans. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but instead... But instead, they're like, oh, new problem. And then at least at least with the beaming of the plans thing, there could have been some other discussion of like, okay, we got to get a message out and maybe blow the ship up and then be like, okay, now what do we do? Yeah. And then have a... A, a, like an interesting battle where they're trying to get to a, a, some kind of station to send it, be like, plans are incoming, give us coordinate, like, right, give us coordinates to send this data to, or give us a yeah. something, and then like, there's your there's your your ticking time bomb, your ticking yeah. clock thing. But yeah, like, I mean, and speaking of the uh, most high tech uh, technology in the galaxy, and it takes one of those carnival um, uh, grabby hooks to grab it or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> like even even. Cassian at one point is kind of like seriously, yeah. <laughs> they know? don't they don't have terminals. They just don't have like dumb terminals. They can like, just for be the like, rest of this fucking movie. R two D two just plugs his metal dick into something and yeah. gets all the info he wants. But I have to use this fucking thing and gra- and try not to grab the purple zebra. <laughs> like, I guess it makes sense. Like, you, you don't you don't want special plans like on a server somewhere that someone can just like dump one line of dialogue though. Just like one line of being like, oh, you can't download it because it's a security feature. Would have been like, oh, okay. Instead of having me be like, Problem looks solved. like you're trying to grab a super ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, so, I want the kangaroo, Dad. <laughs> Get me the kangaroo. That's like he he calls the Death Star start Stardust. Is that oh. weird? That's a little weird, right? Um. Well, like he he he's really banking on her getting to this planet. <laughs> like if yeah, if she otherwise. died at any point in this in this mission, <laughs> they'd be to- they would still be there right now, being like, is it is it Dark Saber? Which one is it? <laughs> oh, and I was li- I, so you've seen it twice. I was listening really closely to the names of the projects because I was like, "Oh, it's, come on!" It's babe. called Black Saber. It's not Dark Saber. They do oh. like a, it's a, it's a very like I was kind of like, Good "Why them. not? Why not just yeah. call it Dark Saber?" Yeah, yeah. At that point, why not just start naming off all the other super weapons from every other? Yeah, fucking, I thought like, that would be like a really cool like. Sorry, we're nerds, but like, well, there so, you go, nerds. So here's your so here you go, nerds. In that category, let's talk Easter eggs, which was my. Favorite there were, part of there this were, movie. There weren't so many Easter eggs as as there were uh, really obnoxious wink and nods. In in, in my Is, opinion, isn't that an Easter egg? No, an Easter egg would be a thing like you would only know if you were like a super fan. You sure? You sure? Like your I cheek, shouldn't just Urban Dictionary the Easter. It's not like obnoxious things that only fans think are cool. No, no, because C three PO and R two D two showing up isn't an Easter egg. That's oh, just, I don't think that's an Easter egg. That's like one of those. That's like one of those things they they think they have to do now. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? Oh, Anthony Daniels needs to get his money somewhere, right? I mean, poor guy's got to pay his rent. But I mean, I'm that's, sure he has no trouble paying his rent at this point. <laughs> Um, but he's like the only guy who comes back for like when they do Clone Wars episodes. Like, can someone play C three PO? He's like, I'm I'm free. <laughs> That's exactly I have nothing going on yeah. forever <laughs> for the rest of my life. Um, no, uh, no, I mean stuff like um, the Knights of the Old Republic ships being uh, okay, part yeah, of the yeah. space battle. Um, the TK fifteen, which I missed, I didn't get that at all. <laughs> the stormtroopers talking about TK fifteen. I think it was fifteen, right? Isn't that what they said? I think so. 15? Yeah. I mean that's. I was the. I told you. I was. That's the only like a, one that yeah. Laughed. That's like a fun callback to episode four that I totally missed. Yeah, I, I laughed out loud. At I, that and it's funny because I I knew it was something because they they like everything else gets really quiet for a minute just yes. to highlight that dialogue just. and I'm like that's something that only Ben is gonna get and he's gonna have to explain that to me and then you did explain it to me and it's funny now yeah. but in the theater twice I was like what the what is that What are they doing right now <laughs> What are you trying to do to me right now um, And then there's 
There's all sorts of um, uh, what else? Uh, what well, else is like, there from that? The Hammerhead. Um, one of the ships when they when the Alliance first uh, drops out of light speed above Scarif, one of those ships is from the Rebels. Um, so they, oh, they pull yeah. a lot of stuff from all over the Star Wars uh, mm-hmm. continuum into this battle and just kind of like drop it there for you. Which is yeah, if you're into if you're what like you're, yourself, one of those guys who's really into the ships and the lore and all that kind of stuff, and you could recognize those things just by sight. That's a super cool thing, which I well, can't do, but well, you the, can the, do. The thing about it, the thing about it that's really important to understand is that that means that there are people on this project that also get that. And yeah. you you didn't have to, it wasn't ham fisted and it wasn't I mean Pondababa was a little ham fisted that was really ham fisted but <laughs> other than Walrus Man it was pretty um, a lot of it was just a was just like you said it was a thumbs up to the fans just like here you go buddies like when they were I thought for sure because I started I was picking them up throughout the whole movie and I was just like ooh 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 and I was like yeah I've got this I've got this. And then when they're on, what's the planet? Um, the one with um, Galen's on and, uh, you know. Uh, Edo? That's Edo. Edo, yeah. So they're on, so they're on Edo and um, he was like, find me a shuttle. He's, you know, he says, to yep. the, he's like, find me a shuttle. And for for a second in my, I was like, oh, they're going to get the Tidarium. They're going to get the shuttle that they use in Return of the Jedi. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah, Like yeah. I almost, I almost out loud called it because he was like, there's a shuttle depot. Go, go get a shuttle. And I was like, oh my God. That's going to be that shuttle. Turns out it's not what No, happened. my friend. That will be Rogue 2. <laughs> but, 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 that's definitely, that was definitely the kind of Easter egg that they were sprinkling in yeah. throughout the whole series. Um, so, speaking of, so Easter eggs, but not, I mean, this is obviously not because this was a huge part of the thing. How do you feel? I feel like you're going to have really strong opinions yeah. about the digital faces. I actually didn't... Um didn't bother me didn't bother me at those all. things really didn't bother me i, I thought think it was so fucking cool i couldn't get over it i i understand that uh peter cushing's estate gave permission for lucas arts oh, to good use for it them. i figured um, they just i figured carrie fisher probably for, gave for her perpetuity. well they don't own your likeness yeah so but i think people have made a good point there is an ethical element to it where it's like would peter cushing were he still alive would he agree to do this he's not alive so he can't make that decision but at the same time, I think it's the same as, well, if Grand Moff Tarkin shows up in Rebels and we draw him to look like Peter Cushing, is that or is that not the same thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're using his likeness because his likeness is the character. Would I have preferred they just get a guy who kind of looks like him and just pretend? It's, for me, for me personally, I am already... You know, we're already really deep into a very weird fictional universe. If a character I know shows up and they look a little different, but someone goes, Grand Moff Tarkin, I can go, okay, Peter Cushing is long dead. They had to get a new guy. That's Grand Moff Tarkin. He's going to look different from episode Rogue One to episode four. It doesn't matter to me. Like, I understand why they have to do these things. It's just a movie. Like, if they had gotten someone else to play Princess Leia or just not shown her face, again, fine like i get it it's not it's not gonna bug me they did it i feel like it it, it, they did it well enough where it doesn't look the peter cushing uh grandma of tarkin looks a little weird at points well it's like what's that called isn't that called like the um uncanny valley the uncanny valley so yeah he hits the uncanny valley sometimes but it didn't bug me it didn't it didn't no because pull me out because peter cushing uh does like there's parts of how he moves his head that at first you think that's a weird way to do it but mm-hmm. but if you i'll bet if we watch new hope right now you'll see no they actually they used him his face in new hope 
Yeah. Like in his mannerisms to rebuild the like, character. Because he he is he does this th- he does do this thing with his head in a new hope where he leans his forehead forward a mm-hmm. little bit, you know, because he's getting yeah. and which like kind of accents um sort of his his brow, you know, he kind of looks a little bit more evil that way. And he yeah. does it a couple of times. Like he leans into Leia when he's talking to her yeah. like that. Um when he's in the um uh when he's in the conference room, he's talking to uh to Darth Vader, he kind of leans for it. Like he does that thing. Yeah. And so I, I, I totally get that. Um, so like, cause he does that a lot. The CGI one does that a lot. And it kind of yeah. looks a little funny cause you know, it's not a person. Yeah. So you think like, that's not how people walk, but he, he does sort of move his head in a weird way. I thought it was awesome. I mean, Star Wars really, I've never been a special effects guy, but Star Wars really has always, you know, in the real world had a theme of being the top, cutting edge of special effects in a lot of ways and this blew my mind and i know it wasn't perfect but cgi is not perfect i thought it was so awesome you didn't have to do princess leia in my opinion although people really shitting on the princess leia cgi i didn't think it was that bad i mean that one that one seems way less strange than yeah i didn't think i mean i don't think it was you know i don't think it was awesome but i mean i thought i was like okay cool it was as i thought it was as good as Tarkin. whatever it's also harder i think for a young woman i mean Carrie Fisher's like 19, right? When when she does that, it's a lot harder. Because like, you know, Peter Cushing's face, you know, like... You can make some mistakes. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's a real bony little, you know, there's a lot of nooks and crannies you can animate there. Her face is is much more young and smooth, so it's going to already naturally look a little bit... A little alien, yeah. Yeah. Um, A little more plastic, you know? Um, I thought that was unbelievable and i i was blown away by it and i loved red leader i loved gold leader i thought that shit was great that was a thumbs up to you like just like just yeah no green I, screening the back of them yeah and, and I, futzing around with i, I didn't realize I, I really thought they had just found guys that looked a lot like the like really like the original uh cast members and then i found out they just used unused uh, episode four clips yeah. yeah and just green and just fixed the green screen and i thought that was such a cool little like that kind of continuity stuff like sure the, the clips exist we have some deleted scenes use that stuff like that's for me that's fine like you've already paid the actors for that work they've already agreed to be an a movie uh <laughs> it's at least something you know i mean as long as they're getting if they're getting royalties and their family gets royalties then ethically eh. and then it's cool it's a cool little like makes sense they it would makes be sense there. they would make sense they would be there so i mean i don't know how they're gonna hand wave wedge not being there but that's true yeah yeah i was i was just saying i was listening to a different podcast where they were talking to someone saying that they originally wanted wedge to be in it but then they realized that because of wedge's reaction to the death star in four it didn't make sense because he would have already seen the death star right and his reaction is like look at the size of that thing um uh starting what is a long series of sexually suggestive uh innuendos in the, in that, in the star wars universe in the battle of yavin um <laughs> um I would be uh, I would be remiss if we didn't discuss uh, Lord Vader. I thought someone made a really good point. So I, before I even saw this, I was I was trying to read some like non spoiler reviews, and someone was like, Vader's appearance in Rogue One fits with his uh, the the rough draft version of Darth Vader from Empire Strikes Back. So I don't know if you've know anything about the draft of Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back, but in it uh, we do see Darth Vader's home planet. Where he has a castle, yeah, and he hand feeds his pet gargoyles in his castle on his lava planet. So, nice. so, 
and, and then I was like, that seems ridiculous. I, I don't understand how that makes any sense. Like, how does that criticism work? And then we go to his castle on his lava planet where he's literally soaking in a bacta tank. And well, I was he's like... Got, he's got castles in the EU, so I didn't mind a little castle It action. just... And it's supposed to be Mustafar, right? They don't... Yeah, they it's don't, weird that they don't... They don't the, subtail that one because yeah, I think really they realized it was, a, it was maybe a dumb decision where he basically destroys himself. He decides to build his castle. Well, you might as well throw... I mean, I, I actually think that's kind of... Because you can totally talk that up post post fact like oh yeah but you you build your castle in the place of your greatest defeats so you can always be reminded i mean darth vader's a tortured dude and he yeah. and he's constantly you know physically and being mentally physically and mentally being tortured so the one big criticism that i read was that it it makes him not a complex character anymore or just because i guess i don't really understand this criticism people are saying he's an imposing presence but he's not this psychopathic killer so to make him this crazy murderous sith lord ruins his character and invalidates his his turn at the end of jedi oh i don't know i mean he's i think he needs to be i liked how menacing he was in it and like look it's the year 2016 and we've got all sorts of untold amounts of uh, additional violence in our culture that didn't necessarily exist back when Darth Vader's character was originally conceived. Right. I understand that the end scene felt like a video game when he's just throwing dudes against walls and stabbing dudes through the cuts chest. Cuts a guy in half. I didn't realize the first time he cuts a man in half. But look, I mean, let's just be honest. That was awesome. <laughs> It's cool. You know, I I think... It was, like, I don't need to think about the character arc of Darth Vader or anything. Like, that fucking kicked ass. And the, I was, like, on the yeah. edge of my seat for that whole thing. I was like, oh. Like, I'm not that guy. I'm not that kind of guy that um, loves... You know, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not that guy that's like, oh, I love this crazy um, firefighter, this crazy scene. You know what I mean? But, like, that part, I was like, oh, goddamn, goddamn. He's going to fuck up. The, and, like, those guys are screaming. And they're like, get us out of here. Get us out of here. Like... That was so awesome. I couldn't even. I couldn't handle. It was. It was so awesome. Yeah. It. it I think it, it. I'm on the fence about it. I. Um. I think it's a lot of like. Uh, Live a little. Watch a guy get cut in half. It's so pandering. Pandering. To like everyone wants to see Darth Vader, kill dudes. I will and be an awesome badass. You do even know. though that's not really what his character is in the original trilogy. Right, right, and right. I think it's tough to see him go from like he's supposed to be this tortured dude and like he's he very reluctantly becomes Darth Vader, but then very willingly is just like murder, murder, murder. You know, like it's a little re- well, I oh, yeah, yeah. We could talk about it. I don't think he reluctantly but that, becomes Darth but the, Vader. But then again, he murders kids in episode three, so it's not like it's totally out of character. I mean, don't get me wrong, the second time I watch it, I'm going to be thinking a lot about the Yoda fight scene from Attack of the Clones, which I despise with a passion. So because I think that's pandering, but Totally, no, it totally is. But um because I want to see Darth Vader with a little bit more of an edge. But it makes... So I watched Rogue One, and then uh, not long after, I rewatched Episode 4. And it makes that opening scene mm. on the Tentive so much scarier. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's we know... I think it, it, in context, coming right off of that escape... And it also makes it makes Princess Leia's BS to Vader so much more ballsy. <laughs> yeah, no you know? kidding. He's right. like, I, I just saw you. Yeah, I, I saw you. I saw you. <laughs> She's like, no, no, we, 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 that was a different, that was a different cruiser. <laughs> and he's like, I, I literally killed a guy and watched you fly away. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I'm okay with it. It's fine. It, do we need Vader? Like the Krennic Vader scene? 
Eh, maybe not. I mean, I, did I you... think I think I mean I was I was telling uh, the same person who made the the um, the expensive fan fiction uh, comment. Um, I was telling them. I think the Krennic Vader stuff, the Krennic uh, Grand Moff Tarkin stuff, that's the most interesting stuff in the movie for me. Yeah. Like Krennic is the guy who does all this work, and uh, Grand Moff Tarkin basically is like, oh, this is mine now. Yeah, this I'm is taking great. This. I love this thing. I'll take and this then, now. And then his whole thing with going to Vader is trying to go over Tarkin's head. Like, Tarkin really is both of their bosses, yeah. but Vader has, to direct, he has, has the Emperor's ear, and he's kind of being like, don't forget who did this. And Vader's like, all right, look, if this thing works, you're you're good. You're going to be good for a while. Like, we're, we're going to do right by you. If it doesn't work, we're going to murder you. And he's like, well, don't it work? Like, it works, you know? Like, trust me, it works. Um, and then he, he oversteps a little bit and then Vader's kind of like, if you overstep, I will murder you. Like Supposedly that, yeah, he says like, uh, don't choke on your ambition or whatever. Yeah. Supposedly, I haven't checked this out because I'm not, but supposedly that's a line from Rebels. Ahsoka says it. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, but... I, I don't yeah, so I, I thought, I thought was, that stuff was interesting. I mean um I thought that was gonna be too much Darth Vader. I'm glad there wasn't. I mean I could have maybe used a little bit more Vader, but I, I thought that there was gonna be I thought the back to tank thing was a little kind of like uh, I didn't really understand the point of that. Um because by the time we see him in, in Empire, which is what, like supposed to be four or five years later, he's just meditating. Like he Well it could have been creepier, I thought. I mean it was still kind of creepy, but I I thought, you know, I, I don't know yet. Like I said, I, I feel like they are trying to really make a point that he's like kind of tortured, no, he's in pain, and um, which sort of piggybacks on the quick scenes you see in Empire Strikes Back. Um, but I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know yet. But then also, I was like, well, if he's in Bacta, like he's got all these scars, shouldn't that shit be fixing him? Or you're getting some like third rate Bacta? Or maybe it's, so I kind of thought it was supposed to bridge the Vader. The scarred version of Vader we see in three, with the mostly healed version of Vader we see in Jedi. You know what I mean? Because oh. when he takes his mask off, his face is like it's scarred, but he's yeah. not like totally fucked up. Yeah. And when we see Anakin's face at in three, he is like basically a skeleton. He's basically a charred skeleton. Yeah. And so it would make sense that like yeah, the suit keeps him alive, but his body is still kind it's of decomposing. Yeah, so yeah. he still has to soak in Bacta for a while to kind of rebuild. And it's going to take a lot of Bacta. And this is actually interesting because this is this is a plot point very soon in the Rogue books we're reading is that it for some for some things, for some uh, viruses and for some damage, it takes you a long soak in Bacta. Yeah. Luke soaks in Bacta because he has hypothermia and he's good in like 30 minutes. Darth Vader literally fell into a volcano. It's going to take him more than 30 <laughs> minutes to get better. So I think maybe, and this is where I'm kind of on the fence, like, oh, maybe that's a really good idea. I wish they could do something. I don't know. Maybe this is like one of those things if I watch Rebels, I, this would make sense to me. I don't watch Rebels. I really don't watch the TV shows. So... I don't I don't know how to feel about it. I'm assuming it's a bridge. I'm assuming they're trying to they're trying to fill a plot hole. That's not that's not bad. Do a that's, couple things at once. You know? you know what you're doing now. That's EU thinking right there. This movie is the most EU thing they've made. It's so awesome. So I I um I mean obviously it's a Star Wars war movie and I get that that's different. Yeah. And, and I get that that's different than um you know I I understand that that's not like the other movies. It's not the classic movies, but it was fun. It was a blast. I couldn't. I mean, I I can't wait to get it on Blu-ray. 
I can't wait to see the deleted scenes. I can't mm-hmm. wait to learn about all these characters. It's just got me. And you know me. What's my favorite thing about Star Wars? Space battles. That space battle was great. I love that space battle. And I knew as I was watching this movie, I'm like, I don't know how Ben's going to feel about the rest of this. He's going to love this space battle. <laughs> I love because, that space battle. <laughs> because you're, you always say your favorite space battle is Jedi. And they totally modeled this space battle after the battle in Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the Mon Calamari cruisers, all the, the Star Destroyers, all of the like ship-to-ship combat stuff. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly who they were pandering to. You fell in their little honeypot. That's fine. Cover me in honey, baby. I like it. I like that. I mean, me watching it again the second time, I was like, man, this is, this is just a well-shot, well-choreographed yeah. final fight scene. The stuff on the ground maybe is a little meh. Whatever, but like it all kind of works. Like there's an it, it cuts back and forth well enough where you kind of can like forget that the ground stuff kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. But hmm. it's good. I mean, personally speaking, I think this movie. And, and tell me if I'm wrong here. This is this is dumb. I want to do a little speculation. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think it would have been more interesting if they had we we drop in and the team is basically built except for Jin, right? Mm-hmm. And Jin gets pulled into this thing because someone is sending plans to the rebels. And it wouldn't have been made more sense or been more interesting if Krennic was the one that was leaking and suddenly she finds herself having to work with Krennic. I see what like, you're wouldn't saying. that have given her a more interesting arc? Like, number one, get the whole team together first thing. Get them all bantering and playing off of each other and make her the outsider. Make her the reluctant outsider. And then give her a really good arc where, like, Krennic is not only our uh, antagonist, but he's also one of our protagonists. Because I think he was such an interesting character. And I thought his his kind of like trying to work his way up in the bureaucracy and like weave their stories together, that would have totally mushed this thing together and made it like a really nice, solid... It might have still been really hacky and kind of like too much and a lot of info well, dumps, lot. but like... I, I always love to think about stuff. Like, I mean, I think about that. I would love to just drop Jin... Uh, not Jin. Um, Galen Erso from this movie. Totally. Make, make him dead. Make him long dead. <laughs> You know, I don't like Galen. I don't like. I think he's so he's so extraneous. You know. Um, uh, it's yeah. Well, all of his lines are basically throwaways. They're all throw. They're all info dumps. Yeah, like he could have just opened his mouth and closed. Like I don't know. That's that's me. That's that's my biggest thing. I'm looking at this movie like, man, you just throw away some of these characters over here. <laughs> throw this away over here. Mush um, this thing together. It's. I, like, I, always, I always like to this. play that game with the prequels. I do that with myself a lot. Yeah. Like, if I had to keep all the characters and do the same I, thing. Yeah. And and the general outcomes had to be the same but i had to use all the same characters and general outcomes like how would i rearrange it i always think about that but um but anyway so you you're very pro you're you would say see this movie uh this is my favorite star wars movie right now your favorites above above jedi yeah can you do can you do a, 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 a rough ranking i know this is gonna this is a moving target because we're gonna keep uh, it every gonna year be a every year we're gonna keep changing this, but. Uh, all right so let's see right now Right now, I guess it goes Rogue One. Okay. Uh, six. Okay. Jedi. Four. Okay. Seven. Three. Oh, wait, you missed. No, wait, hold on. I'm messing them up. Missing. You're gonna put you're gonna put seven above five. Uh, no. Uh, seven, five. Okay. One, two, three. Seven, five. So five is fourth. Or yeah. fifth in your in your configuration. Yeah, I got Force Awakens over Empire Strikes Back for me, at this moment. That's fine. For, uh, Empire Strikes Back, I I really like Empire Strikes Back. It's just not my. It's not. I really like it, but um, it's not my favorite Star Wars movie. What does it lack? Space battle. So I. Uh, 
<laughs> so I'm not. You know, that's the best lightsaber fight in the entire the entire series. I agreed. Yeah, yeah, um, probably. Yeah. Okay. Per, interesting. E- even with the new ones, I still think it's pretty good. But that's that's a really that's a hot take, Murph. That's a hot take. That's a re- that's a very hot take. You put yeah. Force Awakens with Empire yeah. Strikes Back. Take NATO right here. That's um, just a whirling bunch of takes. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So this is weird because my my number one is five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I go Empire. I go New Hope. Then I go. Um, I'm probably gonna say Force Awakens. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I go Empire, New Hope, Force Awakens. Then I probably do Sith. Oh, then now Jedi. You're throwing, now you're throwing it off. Where's Rogue One? I would put Rogue One. I take it back. I do Sith. Then I do Rogue One. Then I do Jedi. Then I do three, two, one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I really don't like Jedi. Jedi is my least favorite of the original trilogy, and yeah, it's the yeah. one I go back to the absolute least. Yeah. Like I'll do, I'll watch four, I'll watch five, and I'll be like, and then it's and then it's over, and then I'll just skip right to seven. See, that's funny you say that because I I was I was just thinking that today. I was like, if, um, but Rogue One accomplishes a lot of things that I I wish Jedi had done. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, very yeah. streamlined. It's very like, is it is it is it like super coherent? Maybe not, but. It's fun enough. It has a fun final battle. It's I fun. feel I feel an emotional catharsis at the end. I know I shouldn't. I don't think it's deserved, but I feel one. <laughs> and I feel like Jedi, um, as an adult, doesn't do that for me. But I get why it does for other people. But I was just thinking this because if on TV, because a lot of the Star Wars movies have been on TV lately. If um, if Return of the Jedi's on, I'll watch it pretty much every single time. Yeah. If New Hope's on, I'll pretty much watch it any single time. Empire Strikes Back depends on where we are in the movie and mm-hmm. um, uh, and the prequels. I don't really ever really feel the need to watch any of the prequels. So, it, but Force Awakens, I haven't seen. But then I was thinking to myself, I was like, if Rogue One was on TV, you know, when or when it is eventually on TV, yeah. whatever it is. It, it will be. It does not matter what part, I will want to see it. I will I will tune in at any part. That's fair. I, that's fair. This is definitely a, I am hungover on Sunday, and I turn the TV <laughs> on, and Rogue One is on, and no matter where it is, I'm just going to go, all right. I'll see this through because it's it fits it really does fit that seventies late seventies early eighties action movie mold. Yeah, it's cool. I think there's a lot of like nineties movies that fit this mold too, where like, <clears throat> excuse me, you don't totally maybe you're not totally in love with the story, but like you like the characters enough. It's well made, it's good enough. Like you don't need to pay that much attention to it. It gets the job done. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I. I could talk about it all night, honestly. Rogue seriously. One is like the Lethal Weapon 3, maybe, <laughs> Star Wars movies. Is that the second time we've mentioned a Danny Glover movie on this uh, podcast? When's Danny Glover going to be in a Star Wars movie? Oh, yeah. He should get in there. He could do it. He's oh, at the what if Danny eight? Glover had been Saw? <laughs> Murtaugh had been Saw. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Take the plans. Too goddamn old for this shit. <laughs> Oh, that'd be great to bring Mel Gibson and Danny Glover into. I it's I really I mean, we're gonna have Donald Glover. I I'm stoked. I can't wait for for that semantic confusion. Um, Yeah, too bad. Too bad for him. Yeah, because he's going to he's gonna be Lando for. You know, I mean, he's gonna have to. You're one of like four black people in this entire universe. I mean, it's like I don't know. Yeah, you're kind of opening yourself up. I mean, because he has to really nail it, and if he has to really nail it, it means he has to walk around that whole movie going. Well, what do we have here? And I like, think he can do it. He's 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 got the chops. I think he's gonna do it. I'm stoked. It I'm actually. You know what's funny about this? This really does make me much more. Well, this is bad for the other movies, though, right? This makes me much more. Hopeful oh, you're saying you, you're actually setting expectations now? Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of have an expectation. I kind of feel like I know what what episode eight is gonna be. Fine, whatevs. Mm-hmm. But for the for the other standalone movies, now my bar is super high. I think it should be. I think Han Solo. 
I don't think it's a good idea, but I trust Lord and Miller. I think they have a good cast under their belts. We'll see. They've done. They've worked magic with less before. They made the Lego Movie actually pretty tolerable. So not oh, the Lego Movie. It's tolerable. It's I, a hate, blast. I hate Chris Pratt. Um. Well, we swore that we were going to uh, make this pretty succinct, and uh, how'd we do? Oh, uh, we're like in an hour. Oh, did we? Yeah, no, we, we did not make it succinct. <laughs> That's actually shorter than it, it seemed like. Oh, really? Like, I could talk forever. Like, ser- like, I could talk forever about this movie. I had so much fun watching we'll this movie. We'll have to have, well, in a year, we'll have a reckoning when we do episode eight. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? It's going to keep being Star Wars movies like every year. Just like boom, 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 boom. We're going to get so tired. Maybe we'll just stop watching them. Maybe we'll just stick to the EU. <laughs> That's not true. I'll go see them. <laughs> Just go hide in the safety blanket that is uh, that is the EU. It's a Yuzon Vong invasion. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. So so I'm, you know what? This is a C plus movie for me. It's fine. I um, I still a. think I'd rather watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously, you're an A. You're like an A plus over here, but you think it's plus, the best Star Wars plus, movie? Plus. I'd watch Force Awakens before I'd watch this probably, but it depends on my mood. Yeah. I mean, it's it's both The Force Awakens and Rogue One do something that you know is really important to me. They look like Star Wars movies. Yeah. And that's and they both did that really Rogue well. Rogue One just did it better for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it had more stuff for me. It was it was right. a movie made. It was basically me. built for you. It was awesome. It was I think that's what we're gonna I think that's what we should expect though. I think I think you're right. I think uh the Star Wars story stuff is gonna be probably very EU heavy or or gonna yeah. be in the vein of an EU story, whereas the episode stuff is gonna stick with kind of like the things we know about, like how Star Wars movies function. Yeah, they're gonna hopefully have to be they, a little bit more stocky and a little bit more, you know, yeah. stilted in there. Yeah, hopefully, you know, and, and hopefully that means that the the episodes stop all the stupid winking to the original trilogy. <laughs> like, let the EU stuff. If we know the EU stuff is gonna be a little campier, let that be the campy stuff, and let the the Star Wars stuff just be fun and not have to constantly be like, "Do you remember C three PO? How What's could up we with forget? that red arm?" Yeah. The Red Arm! (laughs) Save the droid! Save the arm! Um, Maybe he's not dead. Maybe he's still alive. Hey, so how are you doing on uh, the uh, Back to War? Haven't started it. Just finished. That's what's up next. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. It's terrible. It's coming up next. That's um, book... Oh, God. Three, right? Yeah, it's book three for Rogue Squadron. Three or four? Three? It's three. Three. I think we only did number two last time. So, um, but then I'm really excited because once we get past Back to War guy, we're we're back onto a new series, right? We're onto um, no, no, we're on we're on X Wing for a while. No, no, no. I know X Wing keeps going, but uh, um, Courtship of Princess Leia happens concurrently. I think we get to jump off the X Wing train for an, for a book. Guys, you're in for a treat. <laughs> Blood witches. Because they mention it in Back to War. They mention Han Solo has the Rebel fleet somewhere. And it, they're like, he's fighting Zinsky and blah, 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 blah. So it, don't spoil it. <laughs> okay, folks. I hope they get married. Um, we're going to come back hopefully soon with Back to War. We do have a reader question. I forgot to bring it with me this time. We'll do it next time. If you're listening, you have questions, send them our way. Send them through our Tumblr. Send them through our Twitter. Send them through Facebook. Yeah, we're back, guys. Email them to us. We'll get you. Um, if you are listening and you're on Facebook, share this on Facebook. If you're just discovering us, you can find us. We're Rip EU. We're on Twitter, uh, Rip EU as well. It's all in our description for the podcast. So if you've stumbled on us as a happy accent, please just check out that description. Follow any accounts that you like. Ben's always on Instagram posting funny memes. 
I'm usually on Facebook posting garbage, uh, <laughs> retweeting yeah. stuff on Tumblr. Hashtag Riffy you. Hashtag shitposting. So um, give us a shout out. Uh, we will see you guys next time in uh, Rogue Squadron. Later, dudes! <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rest in Peace EU, the Star Wars Expanded Universe podcast. If you'd like to know more about our show, please visit ripeu.tumblr.com. Our theme music is GoGo 60s, written and recorded by Dave Depper under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution license. For more work by this artist and others, please visit freemusicarchive.org. RIPEU is unaffiliated with nor endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or their associated companies. All characters, places, and events are the copyright of their respective trademark and copyright holders.